Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to this Friday episode of the program. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's a lot happening around our community, around the country, and around the world. I'm going to do my best here over the next two and a half hours or so to get through as much of it as we can and to open the lines for you to weigh in. The text message line, which is always wide open for you to weigh in on the program and the topics we're covering, is 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. And as I share some of the details of this next story, I, I would love to hear from you. It's, uh, it's an unfortunate, it's a difficult story to tell, and it is uh, kind of a warning to many of us. Uh, the story starts, well, it's hard to actually say where the story starts. Have you, over the past few days, heard the name John Sullivan? I'm sure you've heard his name mentioned here on this radio station. The, the most recent reason you would have heard the name John Sullivan is because uh, he sits right now in a, a jail cell in Tooele County awaiting a 4 o'clock uh, appearance in the District of Utah court. That's, again, at 4 o'clock today. He yesterday was uh, was arrested and taken into custody on suspicion of civil disorder, violent entry or disorderly conduct, and being present in a restricted building or grounds. This all stems from events which transpired last Wednesday in the United States Capitol. There is a lengthy write-up describing the allegations against Mr. Sullivan, And it talks a little bit about his more recent background here in Utah. Let me read to you just a a small portion of the document filed by the FBI in uh, seeking a warrant for his arrest. It reads uh, that Sullivan, John Sullivan, is the leader of an organization called Insurgents USA, through which he organizes protests. On July 13th, 2020, Sullivan was charged with rioting and criminal mischief by local law enforcement authorities in Provo, Utah, based on his activities around a June 30, 2020 protest in which a civilian was shot and injured. That case is still pending. Fast forward to last Wednesday. Someone sent me a screenshot of uh, some ABC News television footage that showed, uh, at least to the, the, the person who sent me this screenshot, a face familiar to them. It was alleged to be the face of John Sullivan. We would later learn uh, that he filmed a video of about 39 minutes in length of many of the events that transpired in the Capitol. It showed his entry into the Capitol. You can hear, according to the FBI, uh, certain things that he shouts into the crowd. And the video concludes by showing the death of that 14-year Air Force veteran as she attempted to breach the Speaker's lobby and lost her life as a result. So how does, uh, how does John Sullivan get mixed up in all this? If I'm honest, I don't know. I don't know his motivations. You can surmise that he was 
you know, either part of the movement of last week or was against it. You can try to analyze uh, what he is accused to uh, accused of having done uh, earlier this year or earlier last year, rather, in Provo. And the courts will be responsible for sorting that all out. The part of the story surrounding John Sullivan that you may not know reaches back a number of years. He's been discussed on these airwaves before, specifically KSL Television. In January of 2018, they had a story, and John Sullivan found himself at the center of that story. Here's a a snippet from that story, and I'll share some more thoughts after. So you came out here without having skated on ice? Yes, I came out here without ever touching ice in my entire life. With the dream to go to the Olympics? Yep, yeah. Does that seem crazy when you think of that? It's pretty crazy, actually, but... Yeah, you got to take a chance, right? A chance. Now consuming his life for the past four years. His times are fast, but to reach his Olympic goal, he needs to be faster. And he knows it. I'm super confident going into trials, like just skating the best I've ever skated. So we'll see what I can do. You hear that? Just two years ago, uh, John Sullivan, the man who right now sits incarcerated, uh, awaiting arraignment, accused of... Uh, some very serious crimes against this country. Just a few short years ago was a a guy who had moved to Utah from the East Coast in pursuit of uh, Olympic glory. What you heard just now in that package put together by uh, by Mike Hedrick, you, you, you don't hear the full story. There's a second half to the story of the would-be Olympic speed skater. And it is that he, at the time, uh, was uh, a driver with Uber. And as he pursued his you know, Olympic dreams in an effort to you know, pay the bills and have the flexibility needed to train what he claims was something like 50 to 60 hours a week, uh, Uber provided him uh, that ability. In fact, Uber uh, was so impressed by that, they uh, made some promotional footage. There's no other time in my life I will be able to do this again. My dream is to be world champion. The text messages are already coming in, saying, what's your point? What's your point? That was a long time ago. Now, this man is accused of committing uh, terrible acts against this country and was part of... Uh, the mob which stormed the Capitol just last week. I know. I hear you. The reason I share these background details is simply to illustrate a, uh, a delicate reality about life. And it is that it sometimes can be very easy to veer off course. That you can be at the top of your game, reaching for great heights, And somewhere along the way, a thought or a feeling or a tug can creep in. And that tug can pull you in a direction that could lead you to uh, unfortunate lows. Very damaging lows. I don't excuse for one moment what this young man is accused of having done. I, as a former congressional staffer, someone who worked in the very building that was desecrated last week... 
to see the windows smashed and the artifacts within, in some cases, destroyed. To know that uh, friends of mine, people I love, felt their lives threatened due to those engaged in the actions that this young man is accused of having engaged in. There is no excuse. But you don't know. You don't know how you end up there. And you may, you know, have someone in your own life, or you yourself may have some sort of thought, some seeds, or some tug that's pulling you in a direction. Be conscious of that. Be aware of that. This young man was an Olympic hopeful. In fact, not long after that package aired by Mike Hedrick, he was competing in the Olympic trials. Ultimately unsuccessful, but he was there. And look where he is now. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, very much looking forward to the conversation ahead. We'll be speaking with a criminal justice professor from Utah Valley University with an extensive background in what brings folks from a relatively simple, innocent life to having been accused of great and terrible deeds. That's next on Live Mike. I don't mean to belabor this story, but I I just can't get out of my head the uh, unfortunate reality that it is very possible for for people who are doing such good in their life and pursuing a, a noble, admirable goal, like going to the Olympics. Going to the Olympics. There was a young man who, a little more of the backstory, he, uh, living on the East Coast for a number of years, was big into uh, rollerblading, but not the kind of like rollerblading that where you, like, grind down the rails and do tricks and go off ramps. Uh, there's another kind of rollerblading, lesser known even, uh, and less popular even, and it's uh, it's like racing. You have uh, a very simple boot, they call it, and then attached to that boot are some real big wheels, and you can sprint. There are, in Chicago each year, there's a, a rollerblade marathon. It's, it's fascinating. And, in fact, I, a time or two, have uh, wondered if... If I could do that, could I rollerblade a marathon? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, there was a young man who that was his passion, and he was pretty good at it. He was pretty good at it. And then somewhere along the way, he got it into his head that, you know, I might be able to, at an Olympic level, compete as a speed skater. Yeah. And so this young man comes out here, out here to Utah, links up with the folks over at the Olympic Oval. And commences training and pretty quickly uh, demonstrates to coaches and to the world that he's pretty quick. He's got some talent. Not so bad. He's still got some ground to cover, though. He's still got uh, some training to do. He still has uh, some time to shave off his races. So he commits himself to uh, what, a 40, 50, 60-hour training regimen. Well, how do you make money doing that? It's pretty tough. And if you've got bills to pay, as is the case for most that, you know, most athletes, even at the highest of levels, the highest of Olympic levels, you know, they still have to uh, you know, pay the bills. Not everyone's sponsored. <laughs> and so some athletes competing at the highest of levels, as was the case for this young man from the East Coast who came here to Utah to learn to speed skate, uh, he picked up a job. He was driving Uber. In fact, Uber 
uh, thought his story so compelling that they scooped him up and said, hey, do you think we could, like, highlight your story and maybe make a, a nationwide television commercial about it? Share with folks the, uh, the good that can come from a flexible work schedule, as is available to those wanting to drive for our company. He agreed, and so they created the SAD. There's no other time in my life I will be able to do this again. My dream is to be world champion. That ad continues. I am John Sullivan. I'm a world-class speed skater, and I drive with Uber. You recognize that name? I've used it a few times. Uh, I'm trying to limit how often I use it, all innocent until proven guilty and all that. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, the, the man I've been describing who competed in Olympic trials, had his heart set on competing in Pyeongchang in those Winter Olympics in 2018, he fell short of that effort, but he was pretty close. Uh, that same young man right now sits uh, in incarcerated in a jail cell in Tooele County. There's an arraignment in a few hours. Uh, the charges against him, well, they stem from what transpired just last week in the United States Capitol. Yeah, uh, the, the FBI agent uh, assigned to his case investigating some of the evidence that's presented, mostly in the form of a YouTube video about 40 minutes long, allegedly recorded by young John Sullivan, uh, ultimately led to his charges, uh, which are being in a restricted building or grounds, civil disorders, violent entry, and disorderly conduct. How did I come to know about this? Well, you see, the Justice Department yesterday made it known that they would be publicizing the names, the charges, some of the background information, the court schedules, and the home states of all those charged with crimes associated with last week's storming of the Capitol. When I first saw this list, and this is kind of a, a tactic that you use in newsrooms when you try to, uh, it's called localizing the story. When something uh, big happens across the country, it makes national headlines or global headlines even. Uh, you know, one of your jobs as like a local talk show host like me or a local reporter or journalist, uh, you want to see what the local connection is. And so yesterday morning, early, when this list was first released, the first draft of this list, uh, you know, you, you open it up. You've got the PDF there in front of you. You hit Control F and you type in Utah. Well, yesterday morning, uh, no such results came back. And I was very relieved to see that. Very relieved. Very relieved. And then it was in the afternoon, I got a heads up. Hey, Lee, you might want to execute that search again. And so I did. And what did I see? Well, I saw the name of that speed skater from those years ago. I saw the name of that Uber driver who'd been highlighted uh, on KSL television as an inspiration. As someone uh, who was working towards something great. And then yesterday afternoon, I learned that they uh, stand accused of some of the most deplorable behavior that I have seen in so, so long. Now, why do I, why do I rehash these details? You heard me walk through almost this exact same story uh, just a half hour ago. You've seen this young man's name and his story uh, all over uh, the papers around town. On TV, 
the reason I share it again, and the reason I spend so much time on the first chapter of this man's life, is to simply highlight the potential for getting off course. That life is a pretty delicate thing. And that sticking to the the right course and staying out of trouble for some uh, can be a pretty precarious dance. And so, what, what, what can you and I take away from that observation? Well, it's to keep ourselves in check. If dangerous thoughts start to creep up into our minds, if bad actors start influencing us in this direction or that, we need to put a halt to that. And maybe this too, if we see something like this creeping up in our own home, you got to put a stop to it. Nip it in the bud. Why do I bring up family? Well, you see, I mentioned that promotional endeavor by Uber where they teamed up with the young speed skater. They also uh, drafted a blog post, which I this morning uh, came across. And uh, not long after I found it, I noticed that Uber had pulled it from its website. Uh, it, it pretty much tells the story that I've shared with you here today. There was a, a young man who wanted to be a speed skater and to uh, you know accommodate training and to make sure he could still pay the bills. He joined up with Uber. Uh, that's pretty much the story that's told. But at the very end, The very last sentence of this story is the one that breaks my heart and the one that has prompted me to share it with you today. It says this, With his supportive family, teammates, coaches, and even Uber, John can confidently pursue his passion. With his supportive family. That means he has a family. That means that he has someone who cares about him, someone who has been uh, looking out for him and close to him for years and years. Uh, That There are people who know him better than he may know himself. You and I have folks like that in our lives. We've got to keep our eyes open. If you see him heading down uh, the, the wrong path, a dangerous path, sometimes that's more than just, you know, getting drunk with your friends on the weekend, getting into some trouble. It may lead to crimes against the nation. That's what the speed skater's facing right now. Quick break. When we return... I want to uh, continue uh, an important conversation that started just yesterday. How do we talk to each other about what's going on? How do we mend fences that may have been broken down in the past? How is this storyline that's played out over the past week being addressed in classrooms? We'll get advice from a Utah teacher who spent three decades in the classroom and now represents a portion of the state as a representative. Representative Waits, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.